0: Howard Linsen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or Stock Twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, this is President Donald Trump and you're listening to Linzanity with Howard Linsen. I hate that guy.
1: Join the club. That Nixon's hating on me. How did we get? I mean, I guess I finally struck a chord with the old man. Yeah, I guess, you know, he tends to rank down on people he doesn't like. That's my producer, Knut, for putting that together. Obama to read our uh, opening and uh, Trump to attack me. A vicious attack
0: by yeah, the orange monster. You feel bad?
1: So we're going to continue our our calls today. Just random calls to people on the financial web as I continue the Linsanity uh podcast we're two for two canute on cold calls and today i want to call it's 10 a.m in uh, california let's try jeff Mackey. i want to i want to talk athleisure he calls it athleisure i call it athleisure which is the which really is fasciology we're calling him up jeff Mackey, come on pick up
0: pick up jeff hello i
1: knew he'd pick up jeff Mackey. howard linson how you doing buddy what's going on California still, still, uh, still hasn't floated off into the sea. I hear.
0: No, no, no. Eight hundred year earthquake, no tsunamis. We're just chilling.
1: I'm gonna see you. Am I gonna see you at Stocktoberfest?
0: You will see me at Stocktoberfest. I will grace it with my presence.
1: Oh, excellent! I'm coming uh, back home for on Thursday. I gotta go up to the valley to more. Then I'm gonna be home. How's? I heard it's been warm.
0: It's been hot. We keep waiting for the weather to break. It's a, you
1: know, San Diego hot. It's 82. 82, yeah. It's been 110. We finally are, I think, today dipping below 90. So I think our summer is coming to an end, uh, finally. And, uh, but, anyways, I mean, I'm excited to have you. Thanks for picking up. We, I wanted Sir? to dive right into it. Jeff is a good friend of mine. Jeff, if we could just give a little bit of background, everybody knows me. And I think a lot of people know you that in my network. But just a little bit of background because I have not filled in my listeners. We do like a 30-minute podcast. Um, and I want to talk about retail and restaurants. But a uh, little bit of background on what you do and sure.
0: what you're been, working uh, on. I've been private investing for 25 odd years. God, we're getting so old, Howard. I know. The, Are uh, you 50 yet? Uh, yeah. I just turned 50 this year. So
1: I'm I'm on tov
0: thank you thank you but they so i've been doing that since the late 90s and had a hedge fund and was original fast money crew member and for the last three years i've been doing yeah the good old days right when, yeah. when the show was glorious the general the,
1: uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> yeah, he's dude i'll tell you what man that guy's had a rough go Air bowling yeah. son yeah i wouldn't wish that yeah. on anybody i know he was like he felt he was at the top of the food chain but that's a rough go do you ever stay in touch with
0: eric you know it it we're like old vets you know right? yeah. I, I see everybody every once in a while and and the experience of starting a, any wow. kind of show is so uniquely weird that yeah. you kind of just share that with somebody and, and it's like fraternity hazing or something the, the conversations are infrequent but but deep right away so that was I peak cnbc a wasn't it fast money but, when that started i you... think they pulled numbers that were close to the peak during the crisis i mean we got almost a million viewers on uh, uh, fast um, when they pulled tarp, uh, you know, just because the world wanted people to explain, which was really weird because they would pull that crap and CNBC would be live in DC, and we were expected to kind of translate whatever lunacy was going on. And of course, we were being gamed because we were the first live financial show. The competition was much less then, and and not even Twitter really had traction. So everybody's waiting for us to tell them what Washington meant. True. And, true you know, man. for a fact. They had no idea, and so we're trying to politely translate. You know, those guys that were just talking have no clue, and they're terrified, and I hope that doesn't scare America. It was a weird time. It and who's really the
1: original time. group? It was you, Eric Bowling?
0: It was – Tim Strazzini and Guy Adami, who I is don't. quietly the Cal Ripken of CNBC. <laughs> He's, he is. He knows where. But everybody at this point,
1: that many years of makeup—what does it do? To, do we? Do they even have studies on what that does to a human brain?
0: They used to airbrush my head, Howard. And it's un, it's so unbelievable. I, I, so you
1: were bald from day one. There wasn't even a speck of hair on Mackie's head. I,
0: I shaved my head in 1993, November 26 or 27. So, so you were I, in your 20s. Pretty early. I was in my 20s. I I was at a hairstylist, and they started to comb it over so it looked a little fuller. And I went straight to Walgreens and bought a uh, hair trimmer and had my best friend cut off all my hair.
1: And do you still talk to that best friend or no?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, who are you going to trust to do such a thing for you? And while he did your uh, hair,
1: did he do your back? (laughs) Is that inappropriate? It was
0: the George the Athletic Steel. When you go into the barber, you just you, you strip down to your waist, and they just razor you down everywhere. So, yeah, mine
1: started at my calves and worked its way up when I first did it. I had a hairy yeah, pack of yeah. the legs, so that just went right <laughs> from the back of my calves up. I, we've completely come off subject already. So, anyways, you were yeah. you were uh, original cast. Um, I, so, right, that one guy's left. Uh, the one guy's left on Fast Money
0: guy who quietly he uh, he's extraordinary at tv and he basically just has a handle on the market those guys are when the show started again you have to put it in the context of, of 13 years ago when we thought of this thing there just weren't that many sources of financial news that that even came from a semblance of a professional a person that's sure. even you know put a block trade through anyone who's done anything even that basic and so and all there was really was was jim and he was recorded and so we kind of came into it right at the. so whose idea was it was it what's his
1: name uh, the host no,
0: it has like a zillion five fathers. we used to i dylan and i used to talk about it since right cracker was there you know it worked so everyone claims to have invented it at least sure a little bit and and there's some truth to that because yeah because i think it it's my idea you know,
1: really when it comes right down to it, i, I might have come up with it he,
0: you know what? It it was a uh, it was not a unique idea to think that maybe an honest conversation about what actually moves stocks would be a niche that, that worth filling in financial news. And so a lot wow. of people were kind of scrambling to it, and we sort of got to that window. We being that collective, I know, CNBC got it because they were a monopoly at the time. Were you already a guest,
1: or did you have to interview?
0: for No, you know, I had done I'd written for thestreet.com dot and mm-hmm. had done. Um, uh squawk a few times mm-hmm. which was amazing doing squawk with Haynes ben oh, so he was a legend joe Epidetti. that's oh, the last i started i think legend.
1: i haven't watched it since he passed away
0: and just would curse like a sailor at commercial breaks he was absolutely <laughs> the person that you wanted him to be right the second cameras would go off you just look at the table and say you guys are gonna fuck around all day or we're gonna make television and it was just like holy you know <laughs> hey look at him can we swear on the podcast Howard? because i uh, had a date for that Yeah, joke. we only edit oh. out
1: clean words so really this that's will be this will be about a three minute video of fuck fuck yeah shit, it, shave my back should... shave my balls it'll be on <laughs> <the> youtube tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: perfect i'm game anyway so yeah i date for a while that day but, um and that's how i got it kind of tied into it was it was from doing um squawk and and i was on uh my first it was with the old Cudlow and kramer mm-hmm. when they when they used to do that show i went on there and i said that now, we should you,
1: so supposedly the guests on Cudlow were in charge of bringing the coke is that a, is that true or false
0: <laughs> i only did remote hits, so i can't speak to it either way so and i you, would say that larry's well, that been was before uber to me.
1: now he has it delivered that was
0: by yeah, yeah, I, I have no idea. Is he, is all, he all there? there? Like, yeah.
1: all right, let's be honest. Okay, I don't trust that guy. I wouldn't trust that guy with an, an enemy of mine on a night out. So, what? Like, I know a lot of people like him, but I don't get it. What? Like, was he all there? Or is you he know just...
0: what the the I knew him in a brief window, and and truthfully. I, I probably wouldn't tell you bad stories about people. That's my only bias story. Larry, Larry. But, not, but I, he I has been, I don't have bad stories about the guy. I would, I would yeah. just not say anything if I had bad stories. He was nothing but tremendous with me and, and absolutely a gentleman. You know, like the kind of guy who reached out, like, hey, you know, I went to dinner when I moved to town. He was just a nice guy. Seems a good like guy.
1: the guy, if he leaned over and, and talked to me, I would go, bad breath. He just seemed like a guy who would have <laughs> perpetual bad breath. But I don't know. A lot of people I, on CNBC seem like that, and I stood next to you, and you have good breath. So I think yeah. that just—I think that just means you have good hygiene and, and good brains for leaving CNBC. Okay, so let's get into what you're good at. You and I love the markets. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely. Part of Lindsay is I just want to talk to friends who love talking about the markets. Uh, we have a pretty good audience here. I've been doing the podcast on and off for a year, um, but more on video. So now I've gone, Jeff. This is only my third um, audio only set up a studio here in phoenix you and i've been playing around with this forever right from 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 uh twitter's twitter cannot believe they never put this shit together to uh well to everybody we had this panic show we did we used to you and i just love the idea of media meets markets right and so wanted to call you early on with this show so i appreciate you just picking up the but really what i love talking about you with because you've been dead dead right and and help me with my conviction even though i don't we don't chat about it that often i read you so it just helps me with my conviction i've been super super bullish and i don't understand retail i've just been super super bullish on lulu so so and you have two but you actually understand retail and and growth so i'd love for you to just walk through why lulu made sense to you all these years
0: well, they they had the the men's market. Essentially, the play on Lulu was that you had men's pants in yes, about a man six pants. billion man pants, six billion dollar industry that was not being addressed by anything really five years ago. So, Haynes, so I guess was, there
1: was the what you might call those Dockers owned that market, they, right?
0: Levi's Levi's had Dockers, which are just garbage pink oh. pants, and and you know wool and denim. Those are your choices. Now these are, you know, medieval fabrics, like literally medieval <laughs> fabrics. Flammable. So players, highly flammable too. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I get no one wanted to wear spandex, but there there was a better way. The market was wide open. Gap wasn't ready to take it. And you know, mm. it was a skinny window, but the idea was Lulu by going into men's could capture that same sort of niche the way they have with yoga pants. The margins are insane, and the market was wide open. And that's Kind of what they've done, and so now Lulu's going to have a billion-dollar men's business, which is which is tiny, is though. Big. It, it's, no, I mean in terms the, of the, the gap potential. gap is fifteen billion. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it's the gap itself was the biggest, and and really what's happening in specialty right now are the the winners are feeding off Gap and Victoria's Secret. Just the death of those two can't be over. Okay, deal. so it, it's just it's, like it's just pecking style. at the gut of. of They're just killing them killing them killing them and so and so you're seeing children like american evil lulu's a Beneficiary. I mean, it's Gap put together Athletica, which is a much less expensive comparable product. But if you gave it away for free in the back of a Gap store, you couldn't get a teenager to go in and take
1: it. Because of the brand or because of the quality or because of the style? I think
0: because of the brand, because of the way they promote it, Gap is, is off center in terms of the way they're presenting themselves with to consumers. You know, with teens the way I do, they're really wised up. Yeah. And they My have son so is much so access. savvy. It's like so savvy.
1: vans. And, Lulu is right, just it's right. just and they know what hot, they want. They know what they, and they want.
0: just want it. And they and as a result, one of the weird effects has been where a few years ago, everyone was complaining about showrooming. Oh, we won't be able to get anyone to buy. They'll find the lowest price. No one really cares that much about price. They know for sure what they want and they mm-hmm. work backwards from, I can get this, the scarcity has gone. So if I pay the right price, I'll be able to find the, the product that I want right now. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, you, you have this huge margin boost for the winner. So, no one stays on forever. But for now anyway, Lulu's playing with like 56% margins, which in retail is just Okay, so that's a
1: huge thing too. So Gap never had those margins on jeans or whatever?
0: Well, Gap is still promotional pricing. And okay. so if you walk past the Gap, it's always 20%, 25% off. And the winners right now aren't competing on price. So you'll hear Nike tonight. They probably won't have a huge revenue number, but I bet you margins anything, be the great. margins will be great because they don't have to maximize. Revenue right now because oh. they can just you know they can they can make the sales. They're open, riding out the tariffs and
1: Pat taking on the just eating the cost of the tariff for now.
0: Right, and and with the online and really the the bigger trade here, Howard is is that omni is a real thing, and it speaks to what we just talked about. Millennials want it now; they want it immediately, and they want exactly what they want. All that plays to the companies that have been investing in their apps that have been investing in making online like a real thing so you got Mm -hmm. a store in your pocket i can go to the store and see it and Mm -hmm. you know and and there's a consistent i can get an email like
1: lulu's good at the email I get an email once a week with new products
0: right and there's a real delicate balance to it that lulu's been terrific at where it it's you know everyone kind of still has a stigma but when they go in there it's much more kind of guy friendly dad wear and and not yoga as much as people think and and it surprises to the upside in a lot of different ways and so they're being nipped at by competitors but right now with you know almost a third of their revenues from online they've got mall owners who to basically uh, begging lulu to build out stores in their malls that gives them an advantage so so you've flipped on on its ear the entire concept that stores are dead because for lulu The choice is theirs, whether they want stores or just to focus on online, they get better margins from digital, which because they've made those investments all along. Now, if you take the gap, they haven't made the investments. They lose more money when they sell online. Everything that we just talked about is reversed. And so what you're seeing is the spread between the haves and the have nots is getting enormous. And so even though the stocks are running, it's hard to say Gap is getting cheaper as a stock because they're losing share and they're also having to price in a way that that you know, Lulu doesn't even have to think about. Gap actually gave stuff to the salvation army a couple quarters ago. They actually like just jettisoned their merchandise, which is unthinkable. But interesting. They'll probably know,
1: open stores yeah. along the border wall. That may say It's going to be terrific mall space. Yeah, the Trump border mall. Thousands <laughs> yeah, of miles yeah. of gap in Abercrombie stores and Lulu. Will it's take been over a, the big, rest. a
0: big misunderstanding. he has been saying mall all along. It, now, do you go to the mall to, long long to long. get this
1: the feel? Because because I go to the mall and I just see it's obvious to me that Lulu is just says, listen, don't even call me unless there's an Apple store in the mall, and don't even call me unless I'm within hundred feet of the Apple store. I think I think Apple. So Apple is the new food court. Apple's the new movie theater. Maybe not the new theater, but definitely the new food court. So so everything starts from where the Apple store is. So everybody's, you know, they, like in Phoenix, they were at the Biltmore, which was the original Apple store in Arizona, which was luckily mm. for me right across from work. That's how I discovered Apple and back in 2000 with the iPod. I, I wasn't an Apple person until I just stumbled into an Apple store um you flash forward today and actually i don't i don't love the new apple stores. i feel a little too loud for me uh and and there's got to be a reason because i do kind of dislike them um but the maybe that's just aimed at younger people but um no they turned up the volume on them today they what sorry
0: they turned up the volume they've been they turned up the it volume. A- huh They've been getting subsidies from some of the mall developers. Kind of the the only reason the whole mall apocalypse thing mattered to me from the retail side, because mm-hmm. being able to shop everywhere actually is a driver of retail sales. Is that the mall developers matter, and so the good ones, the Westfields of the world, yes. they've been paying for Apple to redo their stores. And so you're right; they're louder because they got a much brighter TV in the back, and the mall paid for. But they why does Apple want space. that?
1: Because old people complain to me all the time. Because when I they, they call me, oh, I love Apple, but their stores, Howard, you know, they're not good for old people. And I go, well, that's interesting. They, they let their
0: stores get really tired. It is interesting, but they let their stores go too long, and okay. and they had. Uh, geez, I forget her name. It, it, a woman came in there. Yeah, who,
1: yeah, from uh, yeah luxury from brand. the purse, yeah. She yeah. was
0: going to be in there and, and she really didn't do a whole hell of a lot for quite a while. They changed some of their pricing models, but it wasn't that apparent in the store. And I think what happened was it was a combination of them wanting to do something just because their, their stores had kind of lost so much sizzle since they'd originally been done a million years ago. And the fact that the malls themselves, again, the better operators are paying to to put tenants like Apple into better spaces. As you lose these big box stores, it's it's really a jigsaw puzzle you got to put the malls back together so they make sense and huh. kind of flow. So it's good for
1: apple together. good for lulu i see peloton I, I i'm not a i'm not a believer in their retail play yet uh but i see them going in near apple stores you can just see the new brand i see in Nantuck- like in scottsdale you know i watch it closely because it's a high-end mall and it's really has to it can't afford like Westfield I think runs it, they can't afford to lose this mall. Meaning so they're constantly jiggering the mall and spending money on it. And um so they put this giant Apple store at the at the near near the uh near the movie theater, near Harkins, which is a great movie chain here in Arizona, near um and Lulu then moved right next to Apple Store, you can see the jockeying. And then they put in a, right. a, a fantastic kind of see- WeWork knockoff that the mall kind of opened. So now you have Office inside the mall, which is really an interesting new play. It's kind of, uh, I forget the name of the brand that did it here in town, but it's not WeWork. But, you know, the mall partnered with one of the WeWork competitors. and Now you have this like five star uh, office, office uh, space and you're right in the mall. It's pretty cool.
0: Right. And it all flows together, which was kind of the idea of malls Back in the day, there, there's nothing really new here. It's like, let's put together a coherent shopping experience that ties into people's
1: shopping, living, working. Yeah.
0: Shopping, living, working so I don't have to drive all over time. You know, this is just kind of part of my life, which is another thing that you see. Target has been terrifically successful over the last few months. People are kind of finally realizing it, but they've been getting traction again by letting people experience target the way they want to. So just by having customers drive up and the target employees load up the kind of the basics, people pre-order online, come huh. up to the store and pick it up, and then they go in or they don't go in. It's that? I'm
1: not a target person. I know you are. So that's what's helped. Them. Yep.
0: Target does that, and the scores they're getting on those in terms of customer approval, they rival the kind of stores, scores that you see at Apple, at Tesla stores, at real fanboy type of shops. They're, they're like high 80s, low 90s for customer satisfaction, for providing this service where people order in advance and then drive up, never get out of their car. They just pop open their. stores So that's something and, and Costco does loaded do. in. Got it. So that, that Costco's not doing it yet, but Walmart is starting to. Now the advantage of it, obviously, for customers, is is terrific. It saves them it time. Uses right. The stores then Target's spent 50 years placing stores in good locations. So that plays perfectly mm. to that. They're they're on big square lots and mm. lots if of the customer actually. Right. And no one's married to to loading eight Diet Coke 12 packs in their cart and then putting it in the trunk of their car. That's a pain in the ass. They like to pick their produce. And so you can get, you know, you take the, the hassle part out of it and you still let people do what they want to in the store. And those are customers that just never leave. You know, OK, once so that was a good catalyst. That
1: that, OK, I didn't I didn't follow that one. That is a good catalyst. And I think people don't understand that you can't just buy the company. The companies need catalysts. So 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 that's definitely right. that's definitely there's a reason. Then that target's been successful. Of oh, there's a the stores. It's, I got to be honest with you, man. I go in and I feel like I'm going to get a disease.
0: No. The, the, I, I shop at Walmart all the time. I'm, I'm sympathetic to the notion that this is not a place I would want to hang. But if you look at it, I, I grew <laughs> up in retail. So I literally yeah. can't see it anyway, except as a store, except right. as like this money printing machine where all the gears have to go together in my brain. You know, okay. I, it's if a store is dirty to me, it just tells me that it's an inefficient Busy. store because people yeah. don't want to shop. But You know, customers won't buy food at a dirty store. Mm -hmm. They just won't. And so if it's dirty, it tells me they got a shitty manager, which tells me that there's a problem in the chain. And I see it immediately like the matrix. It just shows up like numbers. And so it's really about the customer experience and and flowing them through, you know, which is why when Amazon kind of announces things like we're going cashierless, you have to ask yourself, do people even want that? Yeah, and the you know not really you know it it's cashiers are not the scourge of the American economic system. It it's these are people uh, who make fifteen bucks an hour, and eventually you take them up. And this is where you get your store managers. It's where you get people who understand customers. It's why would you want to get rid of the cheapest employees in the store? You know it it's just kind of Walmart Target costco home depot they understand retail in a way amazon doesn't and Mm -hmm. that makes a difference but
1: amazon will make a dent because i agree that when i go to a cvs and try checkout without a human my brain explodes because nothing works it's not tagged (laughs) right or i'm not tagged right or nothing works for me because i'm clueless so i do at a cvs but i i I think the technology will get there where they tag everything where where you know it will, that is what people will want is just yep. get me oh, in a yeah. line. Let me swipe. Let me get out of here because most people are just getting a few items, especially if like, if you go to target to get your stuff put in the car and or Walmart to get your stuff put in the car or Amazon. So, so retail is under this mass winners and losers. So targets a winner, Costco's Absolutely. a winner AutoZone zone somehow is a winner. I haven't been to one, but the stock goes up every day. Um, Uh,
0: maybe, you know, I think you play with, I think the winners become more clear and you let it at this point in kind of this, this shift to the omni channel. And again, like you said, you need the catalyst. There's a reason I'm playing in the consumer stocks because most of the time these retailers are just competing on price uh and I don't want any part of that. Those stocks are, are death. but right now what they're grabbing is huge amounts of market share. And customers are really sticky. If, if I'm tied into Target to the point that I use their app to pre-order, and then I go to the store and actually walk into the store, I'm never leaving. I'm not going to switch after that. And mm-hmm. so the margins are small, but you've got a customer for the next 30 years. That's why this land share matters so much. And so Amazon will make a dent, but you got to remember the Kohl's of the world, They're they're just feeder. They're just nothing but customer supply. For for every other chain, kind of a so Coles
1: loses, Nordstrom loses, Coles
0: loses, Macy's becomes a REIT. Nordstrom is going to be across the mall if they can stay alive long enough with the management they have. No terrible pun intended. I mean, it's you know they had problems in terms of the family, but I, I think the family is there as a backstop for Nordstrom stock, and Macy's is a classic example where they're starting to cannibalize themselves. It's a REIT. It's, it's, they've got a bunch of real estate space and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but as a retailer, it's, it's, they're gone. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they clearly don't understand digital. They don't understand how it works. And what Nordstrom can do, if you control your supply chain well enough, you can send out your inventory to give overnight delivery really nationwide from any one of your stores, but you got to control the inventory or else it's just picking up the phone and saying, do you have to use them a size 12? Which is what they've been doing for 50 years. And, and what Nordstrom can Nordstrom wins there. Macy's can't it costs. Yeah. They're just way too far behind.
1: And what, is there anybody pecking at Lulu? Is there any, what's the blind spot?
0: Oh, with Lulu, they're going to, yeah. it's going to be a million cuts. They're going to under armor is getting better. The uh, Nike's getting better. I think Nike reports tonight. It's going to be the, the just constant iterations of people picking at, at, what Lulu does best. You're already have seen just by the athletic wear that Lulu had was so much better in quality than anyone else, even two years ago, that it it just wasn't even a contest. That now, you know, Under Armour, the rock stuff is much better. Hmm. So that's what happens in retail. People raise their game. It's it's well
1: they have to or they're done.
0: Right. I got a funny story out of that. So my dad when he was rolling out targets, At one point, they had the idea to tape a little washer on the number five on a cash register, and that way the cashier could find the five with their fingers and they could touch type, which Mm. sped up the, the line. Someone leaked that to an industry trade magazine. My old man was so paranoid about little marginal secrets like that getting out, he had the guy fired. Wow. <laughs> Retailers do nothing but steal ideas from Sure, because they just they walk into blind. their
1: stores. You can't stop them from right. walking in and you taking photos. No. And no,
0: But, the, but good, what
1: Lulu's doing, because I go in once a month and I've learned now, I don't buy a lot. I just buy one or two things because they're changing it up every month. So the customer gets smarter mm-hmm. too. So I'm not hoarding like 10 items at once because I know they're just going to be constantly – New stuff, but their streetwear is 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 they're making a great move into non-athletic, yep. you know, the the streetwear stuff you can wear every day,
0: and they're good at it. What what people underestimate about them, and you know, what the shorts don't really get. It's hard to make good clothing. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Amazon's private label clothing sucks. It's because you know you can't just really mail a sample to China and get the same quality back. You can get something back that looks like it, but you're right. you know that the movement to streetwear for Lulu, they've got better designers. they've got better ideas. They're, they're a retailer that's hot. That never lasts forever. But while it does, the numbers Lulu prints look just so much different, so much better than any other specialty chain. You know, good luck shorting them. It's hard to put new money to work, but God help the shorts as long as they're printing 35% yeah. growth. Got it.
1: So, yeah, so we're we're on the same page here. Do you, do you follow restaurants still or no? I mean, it's kind of like retail um, or, or you just stay away.
0: It's the same basic trade. Same, you know, McDonald's, I think, has leverage. I think they can get scale. It's Shake Shack. You know, it, it's Pizza Hut. You know, you get. They're not pizza, Papa John's. I, mm. that's been a fairly obvious turnaround just because they can start to block and tackle. But I think the consumer, again, it, it's more ways to buy anything, food, t-shirts, shoes, whatever. That's that's good for those companies. It only happens once. We're only gonna like switch over to this, you know, this this world where we can order anything on apps. That that only happens one time in our lives. Right. So there's huge trades right now. And it'll probably last another three, four years.
1: Yeah. I think this huge trade in restaurant is the, you know, Domino's owned it because they had the drivers, the app, and the product. And I think what we're seeing right now is a redistribute, you know, so Domino's outperformed Google for the last 10 years. It's because they were a tech company. They had full stack, drivers, app, food. And now with McDonald's and Chipotle's, they've outsourced the drivers and the delivery off of the backs of Venture Capitalist or Dash Postmates. And so they played catch up really fast. I don't think people saw that coming. Um, you know, my son could, could triangulate an order from the golf course that a pizza would arrive from Domino's at the at the house at the same time he arrived. Now you can do that for any food category. So I think Omnichannel is a little different in restaurants because McDonald's has an app, but they didn't have to do delivery uh, or they got they got it they, they had the ability to have it subsidized for a while right now by DoorDash Postmates uh, GrubHub etc. And so I think there's this next wave of you know people you know is it going to be are all the restaurants going to get distributed disrupted by like these mass kitchens or which I just don't believe and I know that there's a lot you know the guy from Uber went and started his own you know mass kitchen Travis. Um, but i do think you know. like i do think like with clothes the the brands matter
0: I think they do too. And Godspeed to Travis, you know, it's, but that's not going to be how it works. It's the same idea as a retailer, just warehousing everything and you don't need the stores and that's fine. But there's 20,000 McDonald's in in North America. They have the distribution. 20,000 of them. They're they're everywhere. So it's much easier to have 20,000 restaurants and drive three blocks than it is to have just one centralized place and to use drones. Yeah. So I think this trade has has a a lot
1: more in it. Uh, this restaurant leverage off of the VC money off the the food delivery.
0: And what you're going to see is it's all going to be investment in the guts from here. What's been underestimated. I think the commonality between retail stores and and restaurants are just that undervalued real estate that they've had, Hmm. you know, again, McDonald's can scale with the 20,000 units. It's much easier for them to use tech, to get hamburgers into people's hands faster, more efficiently, which is really what they've always been about.
1: Right. And so the same thing trade that for, happened for Target Facebook. is happening for McDonald's, but at like bigger numbers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the light bulb is going off where, where people are realizing that, you know, that makes sense with 20,000 of them. I honestly should be able to use my McDonald's app. They should be able to fire the damn meals into my car. I shouldn't even have to slow down. <laughs> There's a yeah, McDonald's <laughs>
1: slingshot that you just like it could, from 200 yards landed in like by drone into your car, dude. That's it's a good like, idea. it's like I'm putting not even high fiber and that's a good In idea. the
0: United States, I'm not high either. It's, it'll be a much better idea if I were, but it's pretty <laughs> good as is. You know, you got to yeah. network it's a huge job. To get all these twenty thousand, right. I just think, think. But some once of you these do, restaurants are the cheapest.
1: Huge. Some of these restaurants and retailers are the cheapest stocks in the market because they're tech companies, uh, and they're not. You know, whereas we were calls himself a tech company, McDonald's is embarrassed to call themselves a tech company. But they that that's all that's left is there for they figured out everything else. And yeah. all, the only thing they hadn't figured out was tech, and now and, they're doing and, it.
0: You know, right. And the circle and the stocks. You know, Target is at a seventeen multiple after the huge run attack.
1: Yeah, that could That's be a thirty still multiple. Still not
0: that expensive. Yes, yeah. thirty multiple is not completely out of line for a company that has a one-time, kind of once in a generation opportunity to expand I love margins. It. One of the- you know, that's a good deal. way to
1: think about it. That's the way I think about McDonald's, probably Chipotle is the same thing, you know, and then probably um, that i Starbucks, you know, which I kind of sold my Starbucks to buy McDonald's. So it's kind of been a wash of a win, but uh, yeah. I probably should have just kept them both because I think they're both just going to leverage mobility and technology because of their distribution. When you have distribution,
0: right.
1: they're already hey, Google and Facebook of their industries.
0: And so, think about it. Know, it goes all the way through. As we talk, Nike's going to report in like an hour, and mm-hmm. they're going to talk about return on invested capital, the amount of kick they're getting for putting money into their supply chain. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk about, you know, their their margins went up 80 basis points last year, mm-hmm. which for the amount of money they're spending on their supply chain is bonkers, and bonkers. where they're I'm, taking well, it low. from.
1: So, lo- right. so my and top they're just murdering right they're them, they're just killing
0: yeah. them. Oh, you know. Yeah. It, it's I don't know what you go to Footlocker. It tonight, feels like you're but,
1: buying shoes at Trump's border wall.
0: Right. right. And Nike's doing forty billion a year. Footlocker does nine billion. They've got no margins. They've got these tiny stores and they're out of stock on everything. So you have a situation where Nike is the brand and it's in entirely their best interest. To control the experience for the customer, and that doesn't mean spending six hundred bucks with a guy in a ref shirt at a Foot Locker. <laughs> they want to control it, and make it a more upscale experience than that, and so that's what they're doing. Again, it's not going to last forever because they got to either keep Foot Locker in business or just kill them at some point. But for now, they're the brand companies with with that kind of leverage are going to just take absolute share. They're going to take margin share and really all the profits. They're going to get the cheese.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to test target. I'm going to order a bunch of heavy stuff and go pick the, pick it up. Uh, Seriously. Cause uh, so, so my notes, I'm going to buy the, the dip buys are, are McDonald's target, Nike, Lulu. I think you can't go wrong, probably Walmart, but I just, one or the other. You don't need to own tar- Target and Walmart, but these are by the dips because of their distribution and the fact that they have this once in a lifetime omni-channel. They're not too late. They're actually right there at the at the at the at the curve.
0: It's really it's accelerating. It, the have and the have nots. The is, difference between the two is getting much faster. And I mean, I think you see the stocks start to ramp as as that becomes more apparent. Is there know? a sleeper?
1: Oh sorry as it oh, becomes more you know, apparent is, is there a sleeper oh, yeah. retail store or, or company that you, you know, see
0: Again it, it comes down to if they can stay alive I think Nordstrom is a sleeper okay. if they can stay alive because you know the family's bidding underneath it's in their Quality of the merchandise
1: was always chunk the best. Of it.
0: And it's really nice to have the guys across the mall going bankrupt you know Macy's being a pit makes Nordstrom an aspirational brand for the next 15 years. Macy's isn't about to go out of business. They're not going to liquidate tomorrow. They're just going to be a shitty retailer for a really long time. Got it. That's amazing if you're across the mall. So I think that's the sleeper if you want to be long, something no one else wants. I
1: I was a huge Nordstrom person until Lulu, until I just went leisure, you know, Um, because I'm not going to be able to get Lulu at, I can get Nike at, at, at Nordstrom, but and I could get dress clothes at Nordstrom. Trusted dress clothes and was the best place for dress shoes. But I think uh, Athleisure, Athleisure, of Athology, was really, it's really, really, is what crushed Nordstrom because is it really, of all the chains, they were the best marketed, best yeah. merchandised, best uh, employed, uh, best mood. Uh, It was my place. That was my... And the
0: long shot is if they can save the service that you liked, they're going to be able to provide that service at all of their stores. And so the, the... smaller non flagship stores will be able to have that virtual inventory so you probably had a nordstrom guy i had a nordstrom guy everyone should have yeah. nordstrom guy yeah you know i had a nordstrom
1: midget i had a little guy
0: <laughs> yeah a little little person a little person a kind i spent of enough where, of they said Harold,
1: would you like a guy i said no to give me half a guy
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's going to be several i'll have
1: sure two so of a guy. Can,
0: now you put your sherpa and make it virtual. And so you're you know at a store in Albuquerque, which formerly sort of was kind of a break even Nordstrom in a hypothetical rundown mall, all of a sudden now they can have the same real inventory as as the New York store because they can get it to you overnight. No one dresses in in fancy clothes for to wear it out that evening. So, you know, it, it's they have, again, that opportunity to sort of offer a class of service that people aren't used to on a national basis. Can they get there? I don't know, man. They're miles away from here. Got but it. it's, it's a long shot, but the upside's huge.
1: We'll check in every month or so. The um, you love in San Diego. I'm happy for you. I, I'm glad, When you moved there, I was so happy for you. You love it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's best place yeah. in America. Don't, don't come here young. But yeah, when, once you get to a certain level this is the best place to be
1: so aspire to be in uh, san diego next quickly who 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 shaves your head now
0: i shave it
1: so yourself how long does it take you because i'm thinking about it
0: it takes less than five minutes in the shower
1: i'm hit the point where i'm like at 49 percent hair and 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 going fast so it's like climate change it's unsavable i don't even want to rub shit on it i just don't even want to save it anymore i want it to almost just i want to wake up where it's like 70 percent where i have no choice to shave it and i'm wondering how much work it is
0: yeah, It's not that much. Take it down, shave it once a week. Five o'clock shadow is kind of nice on your, your skull.
1: And do you use like just a shaving cream and a. I just a... use a knife.
0: <laughs> I just...
1: I don't. You don't use a knife, you use a Ginsu. <laughs>
0: Here's a 12 inch blade and they like Crocodile Dundee every night.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I think if I ever go, you're going to do the original cut and we'll, we'll, we'll periscope that shit.
0: Absolutely. I'll oh. take it down for a minute.
1: I'll see you in a couple days. Thanks for being on the show.
0: absolutely our pleasure talking
1: to you see you buddy and there we have it that was fun yeah i heard you went to the apple store yesterday i did what'd you get i think i think the new phone even though it's not 5g is it was a great experience you know i'm always scared when you when you switch phones because of the cloud and uh this one just worked pretty seamlessly. I'm pretty happy to be on iOS 13 without the headaches. You know, the camera's ridiculous. That's great. The uh, there's a couple shortcuts that are really good. So you know, I don't think it's a game changer. I think what people don't are misunderstand or underestimating. I don't think "misunderestimating" is a word, but underestimating is the fact that the camera is the phone means nothing. It's about it being. It's about having a camera. Right. And we live in a selfie world. So the best camera in an era of TikTok and Snapchat, it's the camera, not the phone. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm pretty bullish. I think the watch is. Did you get one? Yeah, I got the watch set up. I I really want that hard fall. I I had an old watch, didn't use it, but this hard fall feature and and the fact that I can do Spotify and the fact that I have Strava, uh, the three apps that I use most for working out slash music and the fact that if I fall off my bike and I can't get up, uh someone's going to come pick me up uh, either my wife or the cops or i mean uh they've got me geolocated i have one question though uh could it do an auto tweet for you it, it doesn't auto t- it auto tweets not publicly but to the yeah, ambulance that where i'm at it's not like you can send out a tweet saying i'm on my i'm way sure to my the enemies ER. would like a picture of me splayed out bleeding <laughs> take, take a picture <laughs> and and they, would of it. they would delete it they would delete and go oh, he's dying I'm not spreading that. I'm not going to retweet that and save his life. So I, I I think it was a great experience. I'm, I'm I'm obviously never use all the features of these products, but uh, for what the watch does and for what uh, this new phone does, which is camera, even though I'm a camera person now, uh, I'm pretty excited. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll keep this show going. Send us your comments. If you like it, tell your friends spot. It's easy to find this show on Spotify And on Apple Podcasts, give us a good review, share it with your friends, and uh, we'll see you next time.